You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 140. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me for another episode of How Does She Do It. My name is Tiffany and I am your host. And through this podcast and my coaching, I help you own your story, live fueled by faith, and elevate your impact in your career and in your calling. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your third, fourth, fifth, or 140th time listening, welcome back. We are happy to have you. The show notes for this week's episode will be available at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. If you want to connect with me on social, I am at Tiff South, and that's Tiff with two Fs on Instagram and Twitter. And if you are listening to this episode and not operating a motor vehicle or doing anything that would put you in harm's way, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me, post it in your stories, tag me at Tiff South, and I will share it to mine. And if you want to join the email list, you should text how does she do it as one word to 33777. Again, that's text how does she do it as one word to 33777 and you will be added to the list. And now let's get into this week's Just My Thoughts. Just My Thoughts is the segment of the show where I share my reviews, recommendations, or rejections. And this week, I'm going to do something that I don't think I've ever done in all of these episodes. I'm asking you to share something that you are reviewing, something that you are recommending, or something that you are rejecting. Send me an email, tiffany at howdoesshedoitpodcast.com, or send me a message on Instagram at tiffsouth, tiff with two Fs. And I will share your review, recommendation, or rejection here on the show. And I'm excited, actually, because, you know, we are reading collectively a lot of books. We're listening to a lot of podcasts. We are trying new things. We are supporting new businesses. And this could be a cool way to kind of crowdsource some information that we can all benefit from. So again, send me a message on Instagram at Tiff South, Tiff with two Fs, or shoot me an email, Tiffany at HowDidSheDoItPodcast.com. And that, my friends concludes this week's Just My Thoughts. Back in episode 129 and 130, I talked about self-awareness and some things that we have to work to become self-aware about for ourselves. So some of the things that I mentioned were knowing your value, knowing who you are in Christ, knowing your strengths and your natural talents, knowing your blind spots and why you shouldn't rely on them for success, knowing what you want, which is, you know, talking about your goals, aligning your desires with the will of God, those kinds of things. And I encourage you to go back and listen to those two episodes. It was a two-part episode. And What I want to talk about today is kind of extending that conversation to talk about self-assessing and how you go about becoming aware of who you are, what your values are, what your goals are, and those kinds of things. And this is about self-assessing and what it means to 
increase in your self-awareness, increase in your self-knowledge and the internal work that has to be done in order for that to come about. And as we go forward, this is all a part of my philosophy as a career coach is that your career is one aspect of how you show up as a whole person. And if you are not fulfilled or if you have a number of holes in the way that you show up as a whole person, then your career can never really be as satisfying as you hope it to be. It can never be as satisfying as you strive for it to be because you are lacking fulfillment in foundational areas of your life. And so when I do work with clients, when we talk about confidence, we're not talking about confidence in your resume, but really building up who you are in your understanding of who you are as a person so that when you're looking at your resume, you have more of you have a deeper belief and a deeper understanding in the experience that you have in the whole person that shows up to your work, to your career, to your passions and those kinds of things. And so when in talking about self-assessing and talking about how the work that you have to do to self-assess, I want to, I'll kind of restate a definition, a working definition that I have for self-awareness. And it is the ability to see oneself clearly the will and skill to understand who you are, how others see us, and how we fit into the world. And this is a definition that comes from Dr. Tasha Urich, who does a lot of work around self-awareness. And in, I, in, in my working with clients, we talk about internal self-awareness, that's seeing yourself clearly, your values, your passions, your aspirations, your uh, ideals, patterns, what might be triggering or activating is a word that I've heard people using recently. And then there's external self-awareness, how people see you. And my belief is that your level of self-awareness is one of the most important keys to success. It's not, and that's not because your self-awareness will get you a tangible achievement per se, but it's because your level of self-awareness can help you understand how to navigate the spaces that you are in such that they are advantageous to the way that you want to pursue certain types of achievement or certain types of experiences or to showing up a certain kind of way. And when you know yourself, when you know what drives you, when you know what makes you light up, when you know what excites you, when you know what pushes your buttons, when you know how other people see you, you can navigate and adjust accordingly. Or you can stand flat-footed, 10 toes to the ground in whatever and who you show up as. But if you are not aware, if you don't have that self-knowledge, and if you don't know how to do the work of this self-assessment, then you're going to be missing some aspects of, I think, what are really crucial pieces of our, of our growth and our development. And again, and I want to say this, I want to make sure that I say this, this is a process. This is not a thing that you do today and then you see results on Monday, right? It is a lifelong work. There are, I think, some people who tend to naturally be more self-reflective, who tend to have a bit of a better understanding of how to hold up the mirror to themselves. But this is a muscle that you can work and that you can develop. And I think it starts with be, being able to really 
pause and think about your thinking. I talk, I mentioned this on, you know, many episodes, the process of being able to say, okay, wait, what is happening here? And this is a skill that I honestly have been honing and sharpening in the last several months as I've been, you know, going, going through my process with my therapist and really being able to understand, not even just understand what my thoughts are, but then develop a way to work through them such that I have a certain result or a certain outcome on the other side of those thoughts. So Today, I want to share some of the things that you can do to begin to develop this muscle, to begin to develop this intention of increasing your awareness and recognizing again that this is a process. This is in the same way you wouldn't go to a gym and expect to be able to deadlift 250 pounds if you've never done it before. And the same way you wouldn't, you know, try to run eight miles when you've only run two. This is the same way that this is something that you can build up to. And the fact that you are even listening to this podcast means that you already have a practice of, of caring about your growth. You have a practice of thinking about where you are, of assessing what you are dealing with. And so what I hope to be able to do is give you some additional perspective to help you sharpen the tools that you already have in your toolkit. So in thinking about self-assessing and increasing your self-awareness, the first thing that you have to be able to do is be real. You have to be real with yourself about the challenges you are having and where you want to improve. This is just really about acknowledging. And two proverbs that come to mind when thinking about being real thinking about acknowledging. One is Proverbs 10, nine that reads, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his way crooked will be found out. And when I read that and thinking about being real, being real is walking in integrity. That means when you're walking in integrity, even when what you know might not be something that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside, you are walking securely because it's knowledge that you have. But if you're walking in a a, a slick way, if you're pretending that you are one way when you know you're some other way, then you being crooked and you will get called out because we know if it hasn't happened to you personally, we know somebody who's happened to personally where they were not being real and they were being intentionally deceptive or they were, and even being deceptive, not in the sense of trying to hurt other people, but being just lying to themselves. And I have lied to myself in certain seasons of my life. And that doesn't, it doesn't do you any good because you know the truth or eventually the truth will come out, right? So that's Proverbs 10, 9. And another verse is Proverbs 12, 19. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. When you can get real about yourself, and let me be clear, being real with yourself and or being real with other people is not about being harsh it's not about being unkind it's not that brand of realness that is i get to say whatever i want to say however i want to say it to whoever i want to say it to whenever i want to say it that's not what i'm talking about because even that tone taking that type of tone with yourself is harmful i'm talking about compassionate honesty with yourself about who you are and how you show up and about some of the stuff that stinks and some of the stuff that smells like roses about your personality or about your demeanor or about your disposition. And when you can be real 
then you can begin to say, okay, now I can call it out. So now I can do something about it. Now I can address it, or you can choose to leave it alone, but you at least have the knowledge and now you can give yourself the option. So being real is very critical to self-assessing and increasing your self-awareness. The second thing that's important to increasing your your self-awareness and as a tool for self-assessment is being still. You have to be still. You have to make time to get quiet for yourself. And this is very, very hard to do when all of the life is happening, when all of the things are calling on your energy, when in certain seasons you are taking care of your own family, you're taking care of extended family, you may be caring for parents, you may be worrying about your job, you may be worrying about all of the things because life doesn't stop, right? Life keeps going in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of you know uh, civil unrest, in the middle of quarantine, in the middle of physical distancing, in the middle of spiking you know, COVID-19 numbers, all of those things, life st- still keeps happening. And even as life still keeps happening, you have to be intentional about making time to get quiet. And in making time to get quiet, you give yourself an opportunity to open up the line of communication between you and God. You give yourself an opportunity to hear your own thoughts. You give yourself an opportunity to ask yourself what is happening and not in a way that is condemning, but in a way that is just to seek understanding. And I have been walking through a prayer journal and it has, it comes with prayer prompts. And it's almost like in, in thinking about some of the, some of the prayer prompts, it's like posing a question and then just sitting quietly and waiting for what comes up, listening for a prompting from in your spirit, trying to figure out what thoughts to make sense of whatever thoughts that might've been racing, but just giving yourself time to be still and not telling yourself that you're going to give yourself time, but actually like sometimes it even requires blocking it out on your calendar. I've talked about in previous episodes, one of the things that people that they say is that when there is something that you want to do for you, especially when you have the demands of family, of work, all of the things, that doing it at the start of your day, at the earliest part of your day, means there's less likely, that you're less likely to be interrupted because no one is up yet, right? No one is shooting you emails or if you, if they are, you can justify not responding to an email at 5.30 in the morning. Now, this might mean that you have to make an adjustment to your sleep schedule. It might mean that you may have to make, you know, an adjustment to the way that you prepare to go to bed the night before so that you can give yourself more time. But if it means having to do something intentional to make space for yourself in a new way to be still before your own thoughts, with your own thoughts and before God then that is, that is a sacrifice worth making. So I encourage you to consider how being still can help you in self-assessing and can and help you in self-awareness. And again, in asking the question, making time to get, you know, to get quiet in whatever might come up, 
It's not about admonishing. It's about understanding. It's about bringing it to the surface. It's about seeing it and then being able to do something about it. The third thing that you can do to help yourself self-assess is to be curious. Be curious about your own experiences and emotions, past and present, not critical. Notice, observe, ask questions. Just be curious. And when you are curious and not accusing, when you're curious and trying to understand as opposed to critique, when you're curious and just trying to learn more information, it can soften your own disposition towards yourself. Research says, and the number goes, is, is all over the place, about how many thoughts people actually have on average every single day. And I've seen numbers as high as 90,000. And, and no one can seem to find the original source of whatever this, of whatever this, this, this idea was. The point is we have a lot of thoughts every single day and many of them are not positive. Many of them are negative thoughts directed towards ourselves. And so in, in thinking about being curious, you can help flip what was a negative or accusatory thought directed at yourself. You can just say, well, wait, why did I think that? Wait, why did it, what just happened? Why do I feel that way? Why am I having this reaction right now? And not like, why are you having this reaction right now? But just like, but like, what's going on right now? Like, let me relax. And I'm telling you, even some, even doing this out loud, I have caught myself doing this out loud, especially I'm, you know, working in my home. There's no one else here. When I feel myself having this very, very strong reaction to, for example, something that came up in my inbox and I'm like, but wait, why, why are you? Why are you doing that right now? Is this reaction truly what's necessary in this moment? And the answer is no, most of the time. Sometimes it is, and sometimes, you know, you give yourself a little grace and let, you, let yourself be angry in a moment, but be mindful of, of how, that, how that carries on, right? But that goes back to, this is the power of, of building this muscle. It goes back to, you know, being able to understand yourself and know that this type of thing is going to trigger this type of reaction in me. And so what can I do to get ahead of that or to brace for it as it happens so that I don't allow myself to get dragged down this long rabbit hole of negative thoughts or bad attitude or having one experience ruin my entire day, all those kinds of things. So be curious about your thoughts, be curious about your experiences and your emotions and asking yourself the questions. And sometimes you don't, that question, the answer to the question is not going to come up right away, but it's important. It's an important practice to begin to, to develop curiosity with yourself and your own experiences. And the fourth and final thing in this conversation that will help you improve your self-assessment so that you can grow your self-awareness is to always seek and praise God in the process. Even when it hurts, even when you are doing this, this thought work and connecting some dots that call you out, <laughs> even when you see stuff that you don't like, and even when, and when you see things that you really do like, that you're like, oh, okay, I, can, I like this. And this is something that 
I have found to be comforting because it just helps you remember that you're not doing this alone, right? I, in walking through a devotional with a couple of my friends, I came, this week we came across Psalm 102. And what I realized in reading the Psalm, and I actually think it might be Psalm 103, so as join me as I turn the pages of my Bible quietly. Um, maybe not so quietly because you can probably hear it in the microphone, but it's okay. So in Psalm, it's actually, it is 103. This Psalm is one, and for some reason this struck me, and I have a note actually here as I went back and looked at my old, my old Bible, that this Psalm describes the character of God. And when you give yourself the opportunity to be real with yourself, when you give yourself the opportunity to be still, when you give yourself the opportunity to be curious, and when you can seek and praise God in the process of doing those things as you're building this muscle and building up this intention related to self-awareness and self-assessing, God's character is one that has compassion for his children. He wants, he has mercy towards us. He wants to be kind to us. He is kind to us. He sacrificed his son so that we could have life and have life everlasting. And I just want to read very quickly a couple of verses here. So Psalm 103, this is from the English Standard Version. And I'm going to start at verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, So far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers we are dust. And I could keep going. That was, I read verse 2, verses 2 through 14. And when you just listen to that, he said, it says right on here, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. And when you have an opportunity to get still and be still before God, and as you're doing this type of growth and this, and this type of work, he is with us in this process. He is, in fact, the, the fuel, so to speak, that powers the engine for us to do this renewal. We have to choose to do the work that comes with the renewal and believe that in in Christ, we can be renewed. 
in Christ and in, in, again, in doing the work, right? Because this is not, you know, one of the things that I've learned in the last really like two years of my faith journey and I, and maybe, maybe even more is that I was taught a brand of faith or I picked it up, whatever the case may be, that was pray and wish and hope. And what I have learned is that, especially because we are humans who have had real life experiences that have imprinted on us, that therefore impact the way we show up in this world, that impact the way we interact with Christ, that impact the way we understand what scripture promises to us and what it does not promise to to us, the way that we relate and connect to other people, the way that we relate and connect to our father in heaven, the way that we understand our relationship to our joint heir in Christ, right? That we can't be passive in our walk. You can't be passive in the, in praying and waiting for a magician act to happen. There are times, and again, even in in one of the things I shared here, being still, but being still is an active process. Active in doing certain types of things and maybe not others, but it is still something that you're actively doing. There's still an intention there. And in, in thinking about seeking God, in thinking about praising him, in thinking about understanding who his character is, all as we're doing this work, this he joins with us in this process because he cares about us and i think the best one of my favorite things about this particular season of my life is being able to break through the strongholds that have come as a result of what i have experienced and seeing how my relationship with God is growing in the process because I'm removing barriers. And that I think is work that he partners with us in. And when you are intentional about understanding the fruit of the spirit and understanding that being slow to anger is something that is available to us. And maybe you are not currently slow to anger because of experiences that you have had, but Getting to become slow to anger is something that's available to you in Christ and in doing the work and in asking the question and in reminding yourself to take your thoughts captive and remembering that you can become more patient and you can, you know, become more kind. You can have more compassion, that there are things that you can point your eyes to, that you should think on things that are above and not here on earth, right? All of these different things you talk like Paul talks a lot about what he talks a lot about thought work, right? Proverbs talk about, talks about how we are to position ourselves, talks about wisdom that we are to apply, not just hear, but apply, right? Uh, David talks about the emotional experiences and shifting his, his emotions to remember that he is a child of God. So when I, when I talk about self-awareness and I talk about self-assessing, this work is in partnership with our faith. This work is in partnership with what scripture tells us that we can do and how whole we can be. But if you are expecting 
work to make you whole or a relationship to make you whole. That is not a relationship with God. That is a relationship with a person. If you are expecting a thing or an achievement, and as someone who literally lived my life for the sake of fulfilling myself and believing that these achievements would make me valuable in the eyes of people and valuable to myself, I can tell you that that is not true right? That your value is inherent to who you are. Your value is inherent to who you are. Your value comes from your relationship and understanding of how God has designed you. And when you do that work to break the, to take the scales really off of your own eyes that have been placed there by the life that has been, that has been handed to you by a number of different experiences, you get to see really what I think is what God has really designed us to, to see and experience. And that is freedom that we, that is the freedom that we have in Christ. And you get that freedom by doing the work, by having the intention, by going to him humbly and saying, Lord, help me here, help me here. And that help can, can show up in a number of different ways. It can show up in different communities. It can show up in, in prayers from people. It can show up in you hearing and, and feeling the nudges within your own spirit about some of the things that you know you, you need to do or shift or change about the way that you show up. But this is an active process. And my prayer for you is that you are, you make time to do that and that you know that you can be kind to yourself in the process and that you know that you have a God who cares so much about your healing and your pain and your joy and your sorrow that he is, he sent his son to die, but to also live. He sent his son to die and be resurrected so that we might live. And he sent his son here to be an example of the character that we have access to that can be developed and revealed through the intentional work of self-assessing, the intentional work of increasing your self-awareness, the intentional work of asking yourself the questions and seeking with compassion and understanding about who you are, what matters to you, and how God has designed you to show up. And as we go through this conversation, it will, there are things that will become more practical and sort of tangible in terms of how we can show up every day to do this in our careers and things like that. But again, part of and critical to success in anything is wholeness within yourself. And I pray that as you embark on that journey, that you are kind to yourself in the process and that you are gentle with yourself in the process. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of How Does She Do It? This is episode 140. If you have not had a chance to leave a five-star rating and review in the Apple Podcast app, please do so. And I'd like actually to, to do this. If you leave a five-star rating and review in the Apple Podcast app, Take a screenshot. Sometimes it takes a little bit for it to get posted in the in in the actual app. Take a screenshot of it and send it to me in my DMs or shoot it to me in an email and I will have something for you. So I appreciate you. I want to thank you. 
I want to encourage you to stay encouraged, to be encouraged. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace.